Hello, my dear friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 59 of The Informed Catholic, episode 59 of 2021. And we're going to do the readings the Thursday after Ash Wednesday. So before we go any further, please subscribe and share if you enjoy and you think I'm doing a good job. It'll be a great help. So let's begin with the act of contrition. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done, and in what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And I know since we are in now in the season of Lent, the Gloria is not said. Let's say the, um, the Jesus prayer, which is a very popular prayer in the uh, the Orthodox Church. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Holy God, Holy Mighty One, Holy Immortal One, have mercy on us and on the whole world. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's begin with the Thursday readings after Ash Wednesday. All right, so uh, let's just read the entrance antiphon. 
This is from Psalm 55. When I cried to the Lord, he heard my voice. He rescued me from those who attacked me. Entrust your cares to the Lord and he will support you. When I cried to the Lord, he heard my voice. He rescued me from those who attacked me. Entrust your cares to the Lord and he will support you. When I cried to the Lord, he heard my voice. He rescued me from those who attack me. Entrust your cares to the Lord and he will support you. Okay, so reading from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Behold, I set before you the blessing and the curse. All right, let's begin. Moses said to the people, Today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping his commandments, statutes and Statutes and decrees, you will live and grow numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen, but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on the land that you are crossing that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. For that will mean life for you a long life for you to live on the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, let's read it one more time. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verse 15 to 20. Behold, I have set before you the blessing and the curse. Moses said to the people, Today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping his commandments, statutes and decrees, you will live and grow numerous and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your heart and will not listen, but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and occupy. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice 
and holding fast to him, for that will mean life for you, a long life for you to live on the land that the Lord swore he would give to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. Let's, uh, let's see now what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. All right. So what is God saying to us here? What is God speaking to us? What is he trying to say? Moses, of course, is speaking from experience. Okay, today I have set before you life and prosperity, death and doom. Moses has had an experience with God. This is, of course, at the end of the years of wandering in the desert. This is like Moses' last moment on the stage of faith, speaking to the children of Israel. He's desperately trying to get them to comprehend, to understand. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin you, he's, he is urging them. He's seriously trying to get them to comprehend. I enjoin on you today, loving him and walking in his ways. Listen to these words, loving him and walking in his ways. He's calling is calling for the children of Israel to get to know him, loving him and walking his ways, to get to know him. To He's telling them that the only way that this can be a success, the only way that you can truly attain this spiritual perfection, this union, this eternal life is by loving God and walking in his ways, keeping his commandments. He said, loving him and walking in his ways and keeping his commandments. So he, he's telling them, he's telling the children of Israel to know him, to know him and to know him by walking with him, meaning getting to know him every single moment of their lives, getting to know him every single moment of their mortal life so they can understand why they have to keep his commandments. As I say, you cannot love what you do not know. You know, a lot of times, even children and parents, they don't know each other. And so they find it very hard to get to get along together. P couples, couples, I mean, they can fall in love. But if you don't know that person, if you don't know the woman, if, you, if the woman doesn't know the man, they don't, they're lo the love will, well, it's, gonna, it's going to fade out. You know, you could be mesmerized by that person. You could, you know, fall in love with them physically, but you don't know them. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they like. You don't know their dislikes, you know, their personality. Uh, you could, you could, you know, you could be attracted to that person, fall in love with their appearance. You know, uh, a woman falls in love with the guy because he's handsome. She likes the way he looks and he, he loves the way she looks. Everything about her is just perfect physically. But guess what? When they find, when they get to know each other, they don't love each other. 
they don't even like each other. So, you know, looks is one thing, but personality, getting to know that person intimately, you know, getting to know them as a person. So you go past the appearance and you find out, nope, no, you know, that you, you actually, you know, and I've seen it. I know I've seen it. I've seen like, you know, guys not liking uh, the woman because of her personality, women not liking the guy because of his, of his personality, of his character. And it's, 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 it's actually what's that's called substance, substance, the substance of the person appearances is, is one part. Substance is a totally different matter, you know, and that's, I mean, I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a perfect dating person, but I'm not a perfect, uh, what do you call it? Uh, character is just something I think I've, I've, I've come to know, you know, you could, like I said, I mean, a lot of times it's the same thing with, uh, people who may be religious, everything about them may sound perfect, uh, but you find out that the way they interpret the faith, the way they express the, and then you find out they support contrary things, they're very soft on things that are very serious about the faith. And that's it, you know, that's it. I mean, you know, there's, there's a, there's one cleric one time his right his writings just sounded perfect but then you got to know him years later and you find out wait a minute he he supports that he's soft on that and you realize wow maybe you were wrong you were wrong there are there are men that sounded very orthodox during the years of, of john paul ii and benedict XVI, and then you find out no that's not who they are See what I'm saying? Getting to know getting to know the person, you find out who they are. And they're not sometimes the appearance fools you. You or you fool yourself, more likely. But it's the substance. And God, God, you know, God is different. God, of course, you get to know God. And each one of us get to know God individually because God God comes to us individually. So, and it's different. With God, it's different. But with human beings, like God said, it says in the scripture, God does not judge by appearances. He sees something more. That's why Saul was the political appearance. And some, you know, someone said something to me a lot of times, like, you know, you find that about politicians an individual said something interesting. Maybe some people could agree and some people can't, but some all politicians are politicians. And you have to measure them by their weight and salt. You know, they're all always going to come up with something to survive politically because that's their religion, politics. So that's something to think about there. But let's go on here. If, okay, so he says here, um, Keeping his commandments, his statutes, his decrees, you will live and grow numerous, and the Lord your God will turn away your hearts and will not, you know, if you if you do not keep his statutes and you do not love him, 
you lose everything. He's saying here, um, you know, you, you will live and grow numerous in the land. The Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to occupy. If, however, you turn away your hearts and will not listen, but are led astray and adore and serve other gods, I tell you now that you will certainly perish. You will not have a long life on, on the land that you are you are crossing the, the Jordan to enter and occupy. So basically Israel is the, what the promised land is, is heaven, heaven. But also we get a, a foretaste of it in our life and in, in our relationship with God. We get, we, you know, we get, we get something of it. I mean, that's what the church is. The church is, 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 is that, is that, our, you know, which is our mother. She teaches us the faith and Israel, their, their church was at first for the Israelites, the portable tabernacle and their sacraments, which is what they practiced in the old covenant. But for us, of course, our sacraments, we have the the Eucharist, which is the most the sacrament of sacraments, which is the body and blood of Christ, his soul and divinity. We have baptism, we have confirmation, we have um you know, you know, we have we have the 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 confession. We have holy we have holy matrimony, we have the priesthood. And the thing is, is that that's sort of like an, it's sort of like heaven on earth, a slight bit, but of course we have to follow, pick up our cross daily and follow Christ. We have to follow him every single moment and we have to, you know, we have to grow, grow in, in holiness and endure. You know, we're not looking for a country here on earth anymore. We're not looking for a land here on earth anymore. Our land, our promise, our homeland is heaven. You know, Jesus said it to the, to the to the thief on the cross, "Today you will be with me in paradise." And we have to remember that, and we have to we have to you know we have to remember that the Israelites didn't have the cross, but and they. They, of course, um, were tempted by the idolatry of their days. But our idolatry is, a, you know, is is not much different, but it's more sinister. I would think we're suffering in more. You know, we have self love, we have a vanity uh, of sexuality, we have perversity that we're facing up against, we have the vanity of pride. Not much different. The Israelites suffered the same thing. We have uh, political idolatry. We have a celebrity idolatry, sexual idolatry. Uh, you know, a material idolatry. A lot of the stuff is not much different, but still just as deadly. And Jesus warns us about that, and that's why Jesus says you have to pick up your cross daily and deny yourself, be on guard, because a lot of this stuff can destroy your relationship with God. Your relationship with your family, your relationship—it will blindsight you and change you a lot. I remember when I said in other days, certain things, money sometimes brings out what is already there, what is already in your heart. If money changes you, 
it's because that that it only brought out it didn't really change you it only brought out what's already there what you just were avoiding what just didn't didn't want to admit that was there and you know that's idolatry as a it's it's the real idolatry that god was always talking about statues that's one thing but it was the real idolatry and moses himself warned them he's warning them to pay attention he's warning them to be aware of this but they maybe they just didn't want to listen maybe part of them were wondering maybe moses got it wrong a lot of times you know they just didn't want to listen when they got to the holy land they did good for a while but didn't it didn't take long before they they fell into the idolatry the first idolatry is that the idolatry of the heart all the other stuff just comes into place it's the first idolatry when they you know they decide to become become their own judge about what's what's sinful and what is sinful and what is not sinful that's that's pretty much where you're going to fall away i mean you know look at the way our, our our priests are arguing over abortion they don't they don't think a lot of them just they don't want to they don't want to argue about it or about same sex marriage or about transgenderism the damn it you know the, the fact is we're not defending the human person who's made in the image and likeness of god says how far away our hearts are from our Lord. You know, it's like the Psalm says, if today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts, harden not your hearts. Psalm 95 says that Moses here is telling them, choose life you know, or choose death. You know, if you, you know, if, you know, if you don't, you know, you, you, you're not going to have success. I call heaven and earth today to witness against you. I have set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Choose life then that you and your descendants may live by loving the Lord your God, heeding his voice and holding fast to him. You have to love God. You have to hold on. With us, <clears throat> we have Jesus. Listen to him. Pay attention to what he's saying. Pay attention to what he's telling us today. Even today, he still talks to us through the through through the scriptures. Remember, a lot of times the old, New Testament is hidden in the old, and the Old Testament comes out full full bloom in in the new. It comes out like a flower. Okay, this is something we have to fully always understand. This. That's how the scriptures come together. Okay, so, um, and he reminds them the promises that God made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Your fathers. This is a continuation. It's not a new thing. It's a, it's, it's a, a, a you know, it's, it's constantly building on the faith of others. The faith of Abraham, Isaac built his faith on top of Abraham. Jacob built his faith on top of Abraham and Isaac. Joseph and all the other, his other brothers built their faith on, on those men. It continues. 
generation. Our faith is built on the faith of the apostles and the prophets before, and all the saints. We're not separate. All right, let's go on to the psalm. All right, so our psalm is going to be Psalm 1. It's often called the two ways, and uh, you'll see why. The responses is, blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Okay. Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked. Nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent but delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on his law day and night. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. He is like a tree planted near running water that yields its fruit in due season and whose leaves never fade. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Blessed are they who hope in the Lord. Psalm 1. All right, so let's go back and look at it, right? Blessed the man who follows not the counsel of the wicked. So, one who uh, God blesses the, the, the man who does not take counsel from wicked people nor nor god doesn't doesn't bless the one who walks in you know in the way of sinners nor sits in the company of of the insolent sometimes it could be scoffers you know how you get people who stand on the sidelines and you see them on tv you see them in life, they scoff at people who are religious, people who are whole, who want to follow the word of God, who people who read their Bible, who go to church. But here is, you see, just two people. Bless the man who follows not. One who doesn't follow any of these people is blessed. These people who are wicked, who give bad counsel, and who sit and scoff, know are not blessed but then god says here at the end but 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 what the man blessed is the man who delights in the law of the lord and meditates on his law day and night you can even put the word who meditates on the word of god meditates on the gospel meditates on jesus christ day and night you can just replace it and you can see it fits all of it because that's the law the law is the word of God. The law, the law is gospel. The law is Jesus Christ. The law is God. The point is, you just look at it and you'll see. This is who God wants us to be. He wants us to be these, the, this person, the blessed individual. This is the person he wants to be. He wants in, in his eyes, in his sight. These other people, no. As we see here, but first of all, the next verse, such a person who meditates on the word of God, meditates on the law of God, meditates on the gospel, meditates on Jesus Christ. He is like a tree planted near running water. Okay, living water, 
You know, you've heard the word living water, the streams, water that moves is living water. That's the water that purifies. That's the water that gives life. Okay. That, and he says, and that such a person yields, such a tree yields fruit in due season. What has we've heard before? What did John the Baptist say? Bear, you know, you know, every tree that does not bear fruit must be cut down and thrown into the fire. Okay, so therefore, when we meditate on the word of God, when we when we hold on to the word of God, we are like a tree planted near living water, near running streams. And because of that, we bear fruit in due season. And our leaves, it says, and whose leaves never fade and whatever we do whatever he does prospers. God will bless our holy attempt, our our holy you know our holy uh, works. It will prosper. And then he goes on next to the the, the third one, um, the, the fourth one here. Not so the wicked, not so. They are like the chaff which the wind drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. Again, he goes He goes first that the wicked are not so. They are like dead leaves, dead chaff. You know, that the wind, the wind is the judgment of God. The Holy Spirit drives away. For the Lord watches over the way of the just, but the way of the wicked vanishes. They're not there anymore. If you see, if you keep reading the scriptures and listening to good Catholic commentary, and even sometimes once in a blue moon, you may come up with people who come across people who are not Catholic and they give you some pretty good, healthy interpretation. Um, it's funny, the other day there was an article in the New York Times and it was talking about some evangelicals who got carried away during the campaign. Uh, I hope I didn't, but I don't think so. Um, during the, the election process and they, they um, kind of like made predictions, prophecies that tr Trump will win. But of course, no one saw what was coming. The, uh, the change in the election and the whole uh, coronavirus thing and the mail-in ballot and a lot of a lot of them found themselves in the spotlight uh criticized and hated because they made they made themselves into prophets and they made predictions that they shouldn't have done they they got carried away they got carried away in themselves they got carried away believing themselves that they were prophets you see this is what happens when we 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 mix faith with politics too much. And I think even in this election, a lot of, um, a lot of Catholics got carried away because we thought we had a champion, but we also, we, we forget my ways are not your ways. Your ways are not my ways as the, the heavens are far from the earth. So are my ways far from your ways. And that's why I, I honestly think that, you know, we have to be careful. We have to remember there. God has a reason why 
he wants things why things turned out the way they did. Not because God is is angry with us, although I think the abortion and all the immorality is a cause of it, but a lot of it also is because he wants to make us better. Here in America, unfortunately, we we tend to call ourselves American Catholics. We're Americans first, Catholics second. In here, and also it goes along with our evangelical brothers and sisters. American first, Christian second. We don't put our faith. We define ourselves by our nationality and we submit the faith to our, to our nationality, to our political way of life, to our, our American way of life. And that, that's not supposed to be that way. It was never like that with the early Christians. They wanted the empire to see that they are good citizens. But even after Constantine, when Constantine sort of like, I guess you can say legalized Christianity, although it wasn't really legalized Christianity, the Christians fell into, into the pomp and, and uh, the political manipulation of the empire. They became uh, slaves to and subjects to p the patrons who were lending them money. I guess that's how the so-called ecclesiastic gut began because they were eating well and drinking well. And they were the, they were the, um, they were benefactors of, of these patrons and the faith began to suffer. Uh, they began to manipulate it. And these are the two ways, like I said, it's the two ways that you see in Psalm 1, a warning, a warning against this, a warning against falling under the influence and counsel of wicked, sinful people. And that's what's happening now. You see that with many clerics now, which is why they're not willing to, to stop a president who supports abortion from receiving Holy Communion because they're they're submitting their faith to politics and why many you'll see many of your fellow catholics who think there's nothing wrong with abortion there's nothing wrong with transgenderism there's nothing wrong with with gay marriage because they submit the faith to the counsel of the wicked and that's this is the warning. You have to look at it. And this is why I think let's be careful with politicians, even some of them who may be Catholic and some of them who appear to be, because remember in the end of the day, some of these politicians are going to do, are going to do better than us. Even if they lose, they're going to be okay. But we, we are going to find ourselves when we get carried away, we're going to find ourselves not bearing fruit we're going to find ourselves on the uh, on the wrong side sometimes we get carried away and we got to be careful we got to be careful not to let the temptation and the glamour of these politicians seduce us or let ourselves be seduced they may not do it but we do it to ourselves because we're so desperate of wanting a utopia here Remember what Our Lady said to St. Bernadette, a true seer, someone who 
who said something that's fantastic, and I always think it stands out. I cannot promise you happiness in this life, but in the next. That didn't, that didn't contradict the gospel. So let's remember, let's be very careful of this. All right, so there's no Alleluia Antiphon. There is a verse before the gospel, as they call it, because there's no, <clears throat> we, don't, we omit the Alleluia. Repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This, um, this little verse is from the gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 4, verse 17. Repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, says the Lord, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. All right. Uh, a reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 9, verse 22 to 25. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is therefore for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, read it one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 9, verse 22 to 25. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the, the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, one more time. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 9, verse 22 to 25. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed and on the third day be raised. Then he said to all, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit himself? The gospel of the Lord, praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so let's let's see what Jesus is saying to us here, what our Lord is speaking to us. Jesus said to his disciples, The Son of Man must suffer greatly 
and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and on the third day be raised. Well, it's pretty much his mission. We know that. But how many times he said it to them, and they never really comprehend it. They never understood what this meant. It was difficult for them to grasp it. It was almost like their minds were blocked from, they heard it, but they were blocked from fully comprehending it. Maybe this was a protection mechanism, maybe because they, they, um, maybe they, they themselves just were not fully accepting of it, accepting of the fact that he had to die, that the, his mission was to die. Um, it's, I mean, it's pretty much the whole mission. Uh, he tells them, be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, the scribes. The elders, uh, you know, they, they obviously had a, a social uh, system, basically, where the elders are the, those are the highest rank in society, those the most wisest and knowing who knew the faith. Uh, the priests... I mean, you got the the, the Pharisees and uh, those who were in charge of the synagogues; those would be the, considered the elders. And you got the priests, the ones who were in charge of the temple. They were sometimes known as the Sadducees. They only accepted the five books of Moses and the prophets. They didn't say they weren't inspired. They just felt they just leaned. Uh, their their defense is only the five books of Moses is really the ones that can't that that mattered. And then you got the scribes, those who were interp interpreters, those sort of like the lawyers, the interpreters of the law, the legislators, you can say almost. Well, all three ranks rejected him and handed him over to Gentiles, which was a complete disgrace. Once you were handed over to the Gentiles, the Romans, it was almost like you're rejected. You were cut off. You were nothing to them. And then he, t he, he says it here, be killed and on the third day raise, be raised. But they never got hold of the term be raised. They never fully comprehended it. They didn't think the, the term, he mentioned resurrection. And they, the girl, the little girl, the, the, the daughter of the man who the um the ruler of the synagogue and then there's um the woman the old uh the widow's son then there was Lazarus and then there were probably other other resurrections they performed themselves but they never fully fully comprehended or grabbed hold of it it didn't, it didn't they didn't wrap their minds around it so we see that here but then he goes on to something which is something that we we often, I think, have a hard time struggling with. Then he said to all, if anyone wishes to come after me, he, may, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Whoever wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What profit is there for one to gain the whole world yet lose or forfeit himself remember when moses said you have to walk in the way of the lord and love him 
and follow his commandments. Okay, who, who, um, who, who, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. You have to, you have to deny yourself. So just like Moses told them, Moses made it quite clear to them. You have to love the Lord, your God, walk in his ways and keep his statutes, keep his laws, keep his commandments. Jesus himself is pretty much saying the same thing here. Although in a, in a different way. Now remember this, basically he's revealing the, the, the gospels reveal the old Testament and it comes out like a flower. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, deny yourself. That means go against that sinful nature, that nature, that, that part of you that is held and captive to sin. All of us who come into this world are born into sin. We inherit it from our first parents. We don't like to hear this. We don't like to talk about it. No one likes to talk about it. No one wants to be told that there's a supernatural element to uh, that's, that we're contaminated with. It's funny, John, uh, Pope Francis used that word uh, for his Sunday uh, little uh, homily from the, uh, the Vatican. And there's a little controversy about it, by uh, the term contamination. But Jesus comes and Jesus comes to set us free. But to be... But there's more. We have to deny ourselves. We have to fight against that lower nature, that, 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 that nature, that part of us that's holding us back. We have to pick up our cross daily, he says here. This is a thing here I think a lot of people don't like. Um, take up his cross daily. Daily. I, uh, I, that, 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 got my attention our daily cross our daily cross and we all have a cross to bear we've often that's one thing about catholicism some people i have a friend who's diabetic he has that's his cross it affects his health um the shutdown is actually making things worse for him because he's not moving around a lot um, it is affecting his sleep pattern. He has to try very hard to stay healthy. It's difficult. A lot of other people could have other ailments that they develop. Some people, they have, maybe it could be a sick child. Other people, it could be that they're on their own and they're suffering from health problems. Other people could have um, a cross that they have to bear that is with a relative or a child. You know, other people, it could be other forms of ailments that are life-threatening. A death sentence, and that's a cross they got to bear. All of us have crosses, legal, financial, all right, it, you know, health-wise, everybody has a cross they have to bear. You know, it could be something that we've done in the past. 
everybody has a cross and we have to pick up this cross daily and keep moving forward. United with Jesus. That's the difference. Climb, we, we, we all have to climb that Golgotha personally one day. We don't know how it's going to end, but we all have to climb that Golgotha, that Calvary. And we're all going to have to get nailed to that cross. Some saints, like my favorite Thomas More, um, died because he opposed his king and he was beheaded. Another one is like John Fisher has to had to climb his cross. I mean, you know, he, he was executed. His cross was beheading as well. The same time around Thomas More. Uh, uh, that, that, that happened. It might have been before Thomas More's death, actually. And then there's St. John. There's uh, Thomas Beckett. I'm sorry, Thomas Beckett, who's several centuries earlier against Henry II a predecessor to Henry VIII. He opposed his king, but in a different way. And he was um, murdered by several of the, and the knights of the king because the king in his drunken rage said, who will rid me of this priest, this meddlesome priest? And they, they took it as an order and they went ahead and they murdered him. There's all kinds, all of them, all of them had to... Um, climb Golgotha. All of them had to go to Calvary, had to, had the cross they had to bear. And with some of us, it might be a little different. You know, some of us, it just, you know, it's just not the same way, but it could be a personal suffering in family, or it could be a, um, other things, other matters of how we suffer. But everybody has a way that Christ wants us to to bear to bear our cross. It's a difficult thing. It's a it's not one that every Christian likes to hear. Catholics were more familiar with it, but maybe in the last couple of decades we've you know we don't want to hear it. But all of us <clears throat> have to suffer. We have to embrace our suffering because we get it's not something we're all gonna escape. Peter himself was crucified upside down. Some of the apostles were beheaded. John the Apostle died of natural causes of natural old age, but he probably felt abandoned. He probably felt alone because it was through many years and maybe all those years, those miracles, he, maybe there was self-doubt. Maybe there was a question, the question of whether anything really happened. But yet it's true. There's testimony around us. Churches all over the no uh, the mediterranean world that was set up by the apostles the faith is everywhere and john has the evidence and so regardless how he have felt how he, how lonely he felt without all the other apostles it was true the gospel was true the faith was true people in the old testament like moses his cross was dealing with the people of israel Abraham made some mistakes and he had to carry his cross daily. Um, Ishmael, unfortunately, and, and then sending him out and then having the division between the two sons. Isaac, um, the burden of, uh, of what, the, what he went through with him and Rebekah, each one favoring one child over the other. 
and no, and then dealing, and then of course the mistakes that the mistakes that happened with them, Sarah, getting getting her son Jacob to to lie to his father to pretend to be another brother. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things, and then of course the cross that Jacob's sons, uh, when they, um, someone attempted murder of one brother, selling off another brother to the Egyptians, lying to their father, lying to their father that about Joseph saying that he was attacked by a wild beast, but not telling him the truth of what they did. You know, it's, <clears throat> they, they hit it and then they had to bear the cross that they lied to their father. That's a, a burden, a sin that they committed. You know, it's, it's all there. We all, every, saints and scoundrels. <clears throat> and some saints were scoundrels and some scoundrels wind up becoming saints. It's all there. It's all there. Peter, of course, had to deal with the fact, all of them, all the apostles had to deal with the cross they had to bear by running away, abandoning our Lord. Peter himself denied him three times. That's something he had to carry with him. It's all there for us as, as Christians. When we, <clears throat> excuse me, when we face the truth, confess, confess and admit the wrong we've done, we can better embrace that cross. When we admit certain failures, we can better embrace that cross. When we, you know, admit the truth, our faults, our weaknesses, we then are given the grace to embrace that cross. It's all there for us. We just have to admit it. We have to admit it. All right. So, um, let's end it here with, um, an our father and, um, a Hail Mary and a Saint Michael. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. And now, St. Michael prayer. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So remember, um, just unite yourself with Christ. Um, stick to uh, keeping uh your lent focused on on jesus that's all and don't don't tell anybody you're fasting don't let the world know you're um 
you know, you're giving up anything because it just, then it just, you're just blowing your horn out to the public. You're, you're showing off. Stick close, stick close to the gospel, read it, um, focus on that and focus on, uh, uniting yourself to Jesus, to keeping close to him. Remember, that's the joy and pray for people. Fasting can be also by praying for people. Just don't tell anybody. Keep it. The, the, you, the, there's more strength in keeping it close to your heart. Don't let yourself uh, become prideful. Keep it quiet. And that's what Jesus said. The best thing to do is keep it quiet. Put, wash your face. Look healthy and strong and stay positive. Amen.